welcome to Minute 47 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is David Brooke of Blueprint Review. Welcome back to the show, David. Hello, glad to be back. Yeah, yesterday we, we were stuck in between V3 and V4, so now we'll have to wait and see where we actually get to. And first of all, before we even get into this minute, I just want to say that we just hit a milestone also. Between yesterday's episode and today's episode, we've actually passed the halfway mark of this movie, which, nice. I mean, amazes me, especially after doing The Great Escape, where where the halfway mark was <laughs> a little bit further along. Let's let's put it that way, you know. I mean, this, this movie only has – only – this movie has 93 minutes. <laughs> so once you hit the 46 and a half minute, you're – you're, you've you've hit the halfway mark, but with the Great Escape, you have to get to 86 for that. So we're talking, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> comparing between you know seasons one and seasons two, in order to to reach the halfway mark of the Great Escape, it's pretty much almost this entire movie minus the final week. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's slightly different. <laughs> so yeah. So first of all, thank you everyone to listen who's listening. You know that that you've made it this far with us. You've you've reached the halfway point, and you know it's it's only going to get better from here. So, minute forty-seven begins with Neil looking at space V three on his way to V five, and ends with Neil walking along the highway quite frustrated. So, yesterday. Neil was was dropped off by the marathon rental car bus and told to go find his Lincoln Town car at V5. So he started walking and he, he we see him pass V1, V2, V3 and then that's where the minute ended and today's minute begins with him starting uh, continuing his journey and you know he sees V3 and then he he once again looks at his uh, I guess you can say I don't know if it's a receipt or what, what would you call it what he, what he's looking at? What's, uh, what's well, the right term like for a, that? Um, it, it's probably, it's probably an envelope. You know what? It's probably like an yeah. envelope because maybe the keys are inside or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And what, what's funny is is that if you know if you can you can read what it says there. First of all, it there's there's a in bold letters it says in a hurry. You're eligible for rapid return service. See back panel. So Neil's, Neil's not going to have to worry about that one. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, this is, sorry, maybe this is this is rental agreement. I was going to say, I think I think it is. I yeah. Because he, he, he does throw it down, I think, in this. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Right. And well, that, that'll probably come back sometime later this week. Probably. <laughs> and it says on it, you know, his name, it says page N. And, you know, then it says we see the, that the car is located at V5. And then it says car LTD, which is very strange because, you know, I would say, okay, if it's a Lincoln Town car, so that's LTC as opposed to LTD. So I don't really know what that's really supposed to mean. I would see that as meaning limited. Usually it's like uh, maybe. in the UK, it's in the country. I don't know. Maybe could be, and he's walking and he's looking at that. He's not looking at the space. And then, you know, we see he he looks at V five and sees 
that there's just a skid mark. <laughs> yeah. There is no car there at all. Now that this could be very frustrating. I mean, first of all, before before this, you see when he's walking towards the car, you see that that he's holding his briefcase by the handle. You know, he has a broken handle, and he's like holding it and it's dangling, it's dangling along, which is pretty funny. You know, the way that it, I, I would be concerned that it's going to fall if I would, if that was yeah. me, you know, holding it like that. I used to have a. Uh kind of a travel on bag like that actually <laughs> that was broken to rip it off which is yeah it was hanging off but but it, it was it was really hard to get it off i ended up having to use a hacksaw to take the handle off because it was more hassle than it was worth and then you just had to kind of just luckily there's like an extra pull out bar at the bottom that i could hold it by that um but yeah it was very awkward so i, I have had that happen on a oh, bigger wow. heavier bag <laughs> interesting so i mean you're you're a music person so did you? I'm assuming you noticed the fact that the music completely changes as he's looking at this empty space. Yes, yeah, and it's also I don't know if you want to get into this yet, but um, it's it's quite odd in that it actually it's like it's 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 almost like a hip hop kind of track in the way that it it uses uh, kind of samples and things, but also it samples uh, Steve Martin's voice. It samples dialogue from the film. Right. Okay. That right. That, that, that we'll get to. Right. That we'll get well, to later. Yeah. But. No, but I'm saying there's be, before that starts with the the 80s scratch music type of thing. So there, there's like you see like a downbeat or something like, or you hear a downbeat, you know, like a wah wah. Oh yeah, sorry, I got you. Yeah. Right, I'm talking about the fact that it's like a wah wah that he's, you know, that that the the space is empty. Yes, you know? sorry. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, we'll we'll get to the other part of it uh, later. You know, that, that's why it works out well that, that you got these minutes so we can talk about the. The, the sounds of the music here. Now, watching this part of the scene got me thinking about the fact that how often are cars stolen from rental, you know, from from rental <laughs> agencies and stuff like that in this way? Because it, I mean, it's funny that you see the, the skid mark there. It doesn't necessarily mean the skid mark just happened. No, you know, it's it's there for effect to make it seem as if someone just just stole it minutes before. You know, so what what do you think? Do you, do you think it happens often in America? Uh, I, I kind of feel like it might happen. I know. I was going to say you do have to give a lot of details when you get. Is this the kind of thing you imagine people would not necessarily steal? I think it'd be hard to steal from the actual car park. But I imagine it's the sort of thing people might steal in terms of renting out and not giving it back. Um, even though there's a lot of security measures in place, I imagine there's a ways of kind of uh, uh, avoiding those. Um, but I wouldn't imagine there'd be a lot stolen from the car parks. You'd have thought they were fairly secure. Well, I guess they're not always that secure. Um, right. No, they're yeah. they're definitely not that secure. That that's that's first of all. I mean, I I once heard that a lot of times on rental cars they don't even put they they don't put alarms on them. It's not worth their while yeah. to insure them for for that much. You know, they I, they insure them obviously for accidents and stuff like that, but I don't think that they insure them that much for theft. Now, so I, I couldn't get an exact number of how many cars are stolen every year from rental or some, how many rental cars are stolen, but I found some really interesting articles. Apparently, her, the you know the car rental agency, they were were sued because they apparently have accused more than eight thousand people 
of stealing their cars. You know, mm-hmm. now what that means is, as you mentioned, you know, the people who, who rented a car and just never returned it. Yeah. So apparently that apparently, you know, when, when they heard this number, the, the authorities said, okay, that, that sounds like it's a lot. And they started doing some, you know, investigation about it. And most of these people didn't steal the cars. Apparently there was a glitch in their system, in their computer system that was flagging a whole bunch of cars as being stolen. You know, some of them, some of them were, were the, 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 you know, whether sometimes the person's payment didn't go through with the, with their credit card or something like that. Yeah. And therefore they said, okay, this car is not here, even though it is. Sometimes they, you know, the car was returned to a different lot, so they couldn't find the car itself. Okay. Apparently there are thousands and thousands of page of pages of documentation that they had to give to the court to try and figure out this whole thing. So <laughs> apparently every year Hertz has 25 million rental transactions in the US. Wow. Okay. And apparently 0.014% fall into this to the category of being cars that are reported stolen. You know, that they're not able to to get back. Now, if you look at that number, that means that there are 3,500 cars that are being stolen from Hertz every year, which just sounds to be way too much. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So apparently they realize that, okay, the the problem is here in their system and it's not a problem with people. I mean, there are people who are not returning cars. You know, mm. apparently there's there's some guy that I, I read a story about a, a guy who was at the airport and he was arrested because there's apparently a warrant out for his arrest in, in Georgia because they, they Hertz claimed that he stole a car from a rental agency in Georgia in, you know, in a particular on a particular date. He sat in jail for 24 hours before his lawyer was able to prove that he was actually across the country that day in Colorado and that there was no way that he <laughs> stole that car. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, completely. It's so like to use this demand. Yeah. Now, apparently in the Enterprise rent a car, they had one of their employees <laughs> that was caught where he arranged 11 different rental cars being stolen. When some of these cars were used in crimes afterwards. Okay. Apparently it was as a guy who works in the Louisville Muhammad Ali International Airport, what he would do was he would park the cars and keep them unlocked in the lot, but he would leave the keys in them, and then friends of his would come and steal it. Mm. And apparently the the 11 cars that, that he stole altogether were worth a total of nearly $400,000. Wow. I mean, again, that's just absurd. And then another article that I found was all about the fact that during COVID, there are actually more cars being stolen at airports than there were before. Okay. And when they did a comparison between 2020 and 2021, there was a 125% increase in cars that were being stolen from the, they used the sample in the Denver oh, yeah. International Airport. You just thought there'd be less people traveling on the planes at that time. It's weird. Exactly. And that there'd be less cars in the lot at the time also. I mean, that's just... Although I guess 
financially it hit a lot of people so maybe it's just more people in dire straits kind of needing the money and just like just the higher level of crime in general i don't know yeah i, I don't know i mean that's just the, the numbers are crazy i mean the they they the say that increase. they say that in 2020 there were 97 cars that were stolen and we're not just talking about rental cars we're talking also about people's cars that are being stolen from from the airport right and in 2021 in just in the first seven months there were 115 cars so that's just mm-hmm. you know that's 18 more cars than there were the entire year beforehand huh. you know it's just it's just absurd the, these numbers that's just crazy and apparently the, there are people that that you know got got arrested for this and they got a slap on the wrist and then they caught them a few months later doing the same thing and, and once again stealing cars so, you know, it doesn't say much about these people. What can I tell you? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I found that a little interesting. And then, as you mentioned, so after this this little beat of music that I referred to, so at this point, Neil just has this look of utter frustration on, you know, like, what more can go wrong here? You know, how's that possible? And he, he starts, like, raising his hands and waving his bags over his head frantically. He's like, he does some really crazy things that you wouldn't expect someone to do if this is what's happening to them. And then he screams out. And and then he, he notices that the, the bus is still around there. So he starts running after the bus. And as he's running towards the bus, that's when the music changes to what you were talking about. Okay. Yes. And Jumping ahead of himself. Yeah. No, that's okay. It's still within the same minute. So that's fine. And, you know, he starts running after the bus and he starts screaming. He goes, hey, 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 hey. He actually says, he says, hey, eight times. He goes, the car's not there. Like someone could really hear him, right? It's it's more, I think, for us. And he goes, I need a ride back. And then he screams, God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. Three times also. And then, as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the music changes. We get this like 80s hip-hop type of, of music which like has like a, a scratch you know like scratching a record type of uh, of of sounds in there also and while that's happening as you said they they actually play a quote from neil that he said earlier in the movie which is, yeah it's a really odd technique I, I, yeah. a really odd decision it's, it's, it's a bit unsettling it's like when it first happens in I, scene, I thought it was of, him you're yeah, you almost feel like it's bad ADR and they've just not, not synced it properly with his voice. But then you think, oh, no, 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 this is the song. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, it's, yeah, very odd decision. Yeah, you're, you're messing think, with um, the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. The, um, but what I think the music does here as well, I, I, it's it's kind of just in terms of basic kind of filmmaking devices and things. It kind of what, what it does to me is it kind of, this marks, especially especially as it comes right in the midsection of the film, because bef- prior to that, kind of things have kind of calmed down a bit. As I say, you almost get the well, you know, it's coming in the film that it's not going to be the case. But in terms of the characters at that point, they kind of feel okay. They've made some money back. Um, he's going to rent a car. He's going to go back home. Things have eased off. Um, everything's all right. But then this this music, because it's it's suddenly kicking in with a, a faster pace, and it's it's kind of telling the audience that no um, uh, this kind of madcap comedy you were expecting is going to continue now sort of thing it, the, uh, Neil's misfortunes are not over it's kind of uh, kicking you back into the kicking you into the second half saying don't get so comfy 
yeah. he's still screwed. You can still have some fun. Completely. And <laughs> so he kind of and as he gets upset through this music or whatever, he, he like throws down his briefcase on the ground. And then you see he takes his ticket or the not the ticket, the rental agreement that we were talking about earlier and just throws it up into yeah. the air and he like launches yeah. it into the air, which is which is yeah. really funny. And then then he starts punching the air also as he's jumping around. Mm. It's yeah. it's quite it's 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 this kind of moment. It's, it's it's an over the top moment, but at the same time, I was thinking it's like to be honest, if something like that happened to me, well, I wouldn't act, act exactly the same, but I would probably do. I I I think chucking the bags around, I probably would do something like that. Yeah. I would be swearing more than he does, but um, but in this minute, I guess he doesn't swear now <laughs> for reasons that we will get to later on another day. In but, the week, um, in the week, yeah, in the week, um. But but yeah, it's kind of over the top, but but relatable, especially what's happened prior to this in the film. Like, um, yeah, I would be frustrated and lose my <laughs> lose control a bit. I think as yeah. well. And then after he throws everything down, he throws his hands out in like desperation as he sees the the bus, you know, uh, leave <laughs> leave this very large parking lot and get back and drive away. You know, mm. so <laughs> that kind of a pleading hand gesture, isn't it? Like. But yeah. Hands out. yeah i mean at least he's not he's not cursing him out you know it's just like yeah, i don't know i mean it it it's funny that it happened like this they, they they do a good job there no question about that and then the shot changes and we get to see him walking along the highway with like a lot of cars that are passing along him uh by him as he's going by i mean they this, this minute doesn't have very many uh, sounds or dialogue from the character itself, but they, they do such a great job of giving us an impression as to what is going on here. Yeah, I was that was that was one thing I was going to point out. It's kind of a nice a nice piece of visual storytelling, really. It's um, it, it does so much just with just with simple simple kind of montage of shots. So I mean, there is the, he does say he has kind of got his voice in his head saying V five blah blah that kind of thing. Um, which you could argue isn't necessary um, because it's all done visually, but it does help. I mean, sometimes you're not always looking at the screen. You might be quickly delving into your popcorn or whatever. So it, <laughs> it doesn't harm anything putting that line in there. But most of all, other than that, it's done very visually. So you get your point of view track along the space numbers, seeing that he's looking at all the spaces, one, two, three, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you get the close of the ticket, reminding the audience which 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 uh, which space they were looking right. for exactly. <laughs> yeah and then when he reaches v5 you get a tilt up just to show for certain to the audience that it's it's empty uh, and then you get the reaction shot and then you cut to the bus driving away it's just everything you need just in these simple shots it's it, it's 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 just kind of kind of the beauty of filmmaking and and editing really in, in practice um just simple effective storytelling just through a series of shots yeah um, whereas like on, on a page in a book, it might take a while just to describe everything that's happening. And um, but this just just it does it. It's like a bang, bang, bang. A few quick shots. Yeah, it's all done. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'm I, I'm editor I'm an editor by trade, so it's uh, it's just nice nice to see it um, in action. Right. And that's pretty much how this minute ends as he's walking along the highway with cars, you know, speedily speeding by him. So do you have anything else you want to say about this minute, David? Uh. I'll point out another. There's a shot that I like in there actually. Well, it's repeated a few times. I quite like the shot when he's um, after the when he's chasing after the bus. You get these kind of nice uh, 
dolly shots along all the cars, um, the kind of low angle ones. It's quite an interesting shot. Um, it looks it looks kind of cool. It's got depth to it, but it also kind of emphasizes the fact for me that there's loads of other cars here. So it kind of it, it drums home the fact that he's kind of feels like he's cursed in this film because yeah. there's so many other cars there. He could have got a ticket for V3. He'd have been fine. He'd be on his own home. But no, he had to have that one empty space when he had to have the Lincoln. He had to have the Lincoln Town And that and that, <laughs> and that shot helps emphasize it because it's 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 tracking along dozens and dozens of cars that are filling the screen and block and it, it, it even boxes him in like um when he runs between them it, it looks really kind of boxed in by a load of cars so it does emphasize the fact that he's, he's this cursed kind of individual right i, I also yeah. like the fact that you can see in the distance the airport you know you see planes in the distance yes. you see planes from twa and you see moving planes it's not just like it's a a, a standing shot there are things that are that yeah. are going on in the background you know that yeah. that he's close but far that type of thing, which which is sort of, you know, giving us a little bit of an indication as to how far he needs to go at this point, because you can also see the airport in the distance. Yeah. So I, I like the way they did that. All yeah. right. So yeah. in the, the script, as as you mentioned, it's a little more descriptive, but it mostly describes where this van is the entire time. You know, as it's getting further and further away, as he's trying to catch up and not being able to get there. And I mean, th there's a little bit of dialogue there where he screams son of a bitch. And that's pretty much the only discrepancies that, that there are in this particular minute. Every day we have this segment called Off the Beaten Track, where either myself or my guest will give a little story about something that happened to one of us along the journey of life. So, David, you have another story for us? uh yes i will well, uh, i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna tell this one so um as i as i mentioned i i kind of work in uh, video production filmmaking and stuff like that um and uh quite a few quite i don't know how many years ago quite a few years ago i, I used to, i used to work for a company called uh, blueprint film which is where the name blueprint review comes from from our website and uh and as a, as a company we decided to go to the Cannes film festival uh, one year we we managed to get um uh, short film maker passes we submitted a load of short films to the short film corner and uh we were all very excited we're having a massive company trip um along with some kind of filmmakery sort of friends that we knew all going to can we'd rented out a uh a villa and all this kind of stuff and we were gonna hit, hit the world's biggest film festival and uh so it came to the day of going down to the airport we live in lincoln which is uh, it's not really near any major airports. It's about it's a couple of hours away from London, um, where most of the flights, if you want to get anywhere decent, are usually usually down in London or, or further across at Manchester and stuff like that. So, but we yeah, but we, our flight was going from Stansted, which is just outside of London. So we all had a bit of a an office uh, road trip down to the airport itself. Uh, we were in two cars. And uh, and we were all ready, we were all very excited. And it's like, oh no, it's it's. It, we had to set off fairly early in the morning. So before we thought, oh let's 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 go to uh, let's go to Tesco's on the way there, and let's just have a bacon sandwich. Let's have some breakfast. Let's do this properly. So we went and had a nice nice bacon sandwich. It was good. Looking at our watches, we better get going. We get so we get cracking down the road, and then we hit like um, I don't know, maybe about half an hour away from the airport. The worst traffic. It was absolutely horrific. Just totally solid standstill traffic which absolutely screwed us over and we ended up 
we ended up getting to the airport and we missed our flight, basically. All of us, oh, like, wow. the entire company, <laughs> dozens of us. And we were all going to Cannes. We'd paid a fortune to hire out this thing. And obviously, because the festival's on, the flights down there were booked. <laughs> like, there's loads of people going to Cannes. Um, but <laughs> luckily, what we managed to wrangle, because we were desperate, we'd paid, spent so much money to get these tickets and everything, was that we were desperate to go to Cannes. So what we ended up doing was we ended up <laughs> speaking to the the flight operators, I think it was Ryanair, uh, and saying, look, what can you do? <laughs> and we managed to discover the only way we could kind of get there in kind of that that night, um, or at least within those two de- that first two days, was we ended up having to drive back up north to another airport, to Luton, which is, I don't know, 45 minutes away, an hour or something. So you drove to the other airport, and we, we had to fly to Switzerland instead of to Cannes, which is in the south of France. We we flew to Switzerland, a late night flight arriving at, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night or something like that. And then we rented a massive car that would fit us all in, like a sort of a people carrier sort of thing um, in in Switzerland. And then we had to drive throughout the night, like across the Alps, <laughs> pretty much, to get to Cannes in the middle of the night. So we were kind of sharing car duties. Uh, yeah. And uh, so that was just that was insane. That was that was the most horrific journey I've probably had. Uh, but we made it. We got to Cannes. We got there in the early mornings <laughs> of the next day. Uh, but we made it. And uh, although the other worst bit of the journey for me was having to, for some reason, I got designated the task of, um, I think it was the, I think the rental must have been in my name, was I had to take the car back um, to not to Switzerland, but to. Uh, the same kind of company rental place in Cannes and that was horrible because it was it was early morning traffic in Cannes and um it was just so, it was so busy it, and roads closed off and I didn't know the I didn't know the city at all and it was, that was horrific trying to figure out where I was going it was it, I didn't really have sat nav either in those um it was quite a few years before the kind of you use them on your phones you had to have a proper sat nav and because I live in the UK I didn't have a French one so <laughs> that was just that was just horrendous. That was that whole trip was horrible. But once we got to Cannes, it was amazing. I loved it. But um, but yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for giving us that story. All right. So, David, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Uh, yeah. I, I run blueprintreview.co.uk, a website reviewing lots of indie classics, uh, cult and world cinema and things like that. Um, interesting movies, so check it out. All right, and while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that may be using to listen to this show. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find our website, you can find us on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter. So, until tomorrow, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs>